Warning, Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Those scary stories about camp are all coming true. The food isn't great, the counselors are a little strange, and the camp director, Uncle Al, seems sort of demented. Okay, so Billy can handle all that, but then his fellow campers start to disappear. What's going on? Why won't his parents answer his letters? What's lurking out there after dark? Camp Night Moon is turning into Camp Nightmare, for real. And Billy might be next. Wait, the phrasing of that. Camp Night Moon is turning into Camp Nightmare and Billy might be next. Does that mean Billy's going to turn into Camp Nightmare? Yes, he's next in line for Camp Nightmare. Welcome to Geese Bumps. Uh, fuck. Welcome to Geese Bumps, a Digimon Goosebumps brand. podcast. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there before it was too late. We, we're we reading R.L. Stein and, and the Goosebumps. <laughs> My name is Danielle and I have a PhD. There. My name is Jojo and I have a PhD in your face. <laughs> Suck it. My name is Jeff, and I can't wait to see how this episode is going to turn out. <laughs> welcome to episode, I don't know what episode this is. Episode like... Well, welcome to the... Well, you you just keep taking, listeners. Yeah. That's the thing. You just keep taking, because Danielle is dead. She's from beyond the grave right now. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm, I have a headache, mm-hmm. and Jeff, I know you got some random thing to bring up, but no... We're not doing that. Here's what we're here's what we're doing. Here's what we're talking about right now. Oh, this is gonna be good. Here's what we're talking about right now. Better be great. What is the what? Well, now there's pressure. Yeah, there what is. is. What is the deal with? I was gonna say April Fool's Day, but this is way past that. I missed April Fool's Day. Danielle, you missed April Fool's Day like a whole week and a half. Yeah. Yeah, you. It was in fact Danielle. It was in fact you who was the April Fool. I. I. Yeah. I can't I can't argue against that. Can we all can we agree that April Fool is the worst holiday once you get past a certain age? Yeah, and that age is zero. <laughs> that age is extant. It's a terrible holiday. The only people who enjoy and calling it a holiday is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it's more of a custom. Yeah, it's more of a uh, children try and goof you and then your and adult adults friends get drunk as fuck adults get drunk and then try and make terrible jokes and then they say it's april fools listen listen l- no no jeff you don't do it right mm. okay you don't do it let me let me let me learn you something here's what you do on april fool's day what you do is you say a bunch of really bad stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> really bad really bad you call hey you say like you know that political thing well here's my and i know i'm not going to make any friends but this here's is, my opinion on it this is the purge for words and then what you do is you say oh i'm sorry april fools ha but here's but here's the other thing jerks that i think is exciting do you know what day also is in this month mother's day Easter. Get, get, just take your headset. Je- <laughs> hey, Jeff, just take your headset off and fuck right out of here because we don't need that attitude. Is it 420? It is 420. Yeah. And guess what? Guess what 420 is? For, 420 is, is the day when we release the mini bump. Oh, sweet. Oh, we got to get high for that one. Okay. Well, I'll be well, stoned as fuck. No, we got to look up. We got to look up all the best drug trips in Goosebumps. It's, ooh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Which drug, which drug would bring on some of the horrific monster images that we see Acid. in some of these books? Acid a lot. Crocodile. Mushrooms. What's crocodile? I only know that it's a drug from Far Cry, <laughs> the game. Because <laughs> if... <laughs> What is, I've always wondered, I'm not a drug person, right? We all know that. Because you're a narc. Because I'm a huge narc. Yeah, you're cop. either a drug person or a narc, man. You work for Dr. Cops. But I, I have wondered, what is angel dust? Because it sounds so nice. It's, co- it's, it's cocaine. It's coke? Is it just coke? 
Yeah. It's oh, just, shit. I thought it was something more exotic. Yeah, I thought it was like PCP. I always hear yeah. PCP and Angel Dust using oh, yeah, the same. Oh, yeah, I thought PCP was Angel Dust. Oh, you know what? You know what? You might you might be right. Hang on. <laughs> but the problem is that I don't know what PCP is yeah, either. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what PCP is either. Well, hey, you know, here's the thing, Danielle. You're about to learn something. Okay, tell me. Tell me. I need to know. Fencyclodyne or phenocyclohexylpyrpidine. Oh, that's how I know it as. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard that. PCP is also known as angel dust. Oh, same thing. All right. Oh. Got it. Is a drug used for its mind-altering effects. Ooh. It may cause hallucinations, distorted perceptions of sound, and violent behavior. Ooh. Violent behavior, Jeff. Well, that's great. So it's like bath salts. Violent behavior. As a, as a, rec- as a recreational drug, it is typically smoked. Uh, but maybe taking my muster injected. Where where is the prescribed version? Yeah, <laughs> where's the one like? I think you need some PCP. Can I can I get the angel dust suppository? Is that a possibility? If they made drugs in all pill formats, I do drugs more often. I love that they say like it's a recreational drug, as if there's a use outside <laughs> of recreation. Apparently. That's like this is a recreational football, as opposed to like these clinical footballs. business football. This is a business drug for business. My football wears a tie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what you that's see what, when you take that's PCP. What the laces are. When you take yeah. Angel Dust, you hallucinate a football talking, and it's wearing a tie. It gets little legs, little <laughs> arms, starts dancing. You, you imagine a football saying, "Oh God, I gotta get these TPS reports." If a football had arms and legs, could it throw and kick itself? Just be a self-playing football? Yes, Jeff. That's the kind of stuff we need to have on the 420 episode. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like it's important general knowledge. I can't wait till we do Angel Dust for the 420 episode. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. So on today's drug-fueled episode of Geese Bumps, we are discussing a little book by a known author. You may have heard of him, R.L. Stein, called Welcome to Camp Nightmare. I love this book. I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan. Camp Night Welcome to Camp Nightmare Goosebumps number what is it Jojo you've got the book in front of you 9 9 I feel like this is I don't know it's only the second camp book that we've read but camp is obviously uh, a line that runs through a lot of scary kid stories and I'm actually surprised that I mean, it took us It's the archetype Yeah know? do kids still go to camp I don't know That's how stories are told is first orally around the fire not that kind of oral everyone shut their fucking mouth D- Danielle you sick you sick twisted you sexual deviant you asexual deviant <laughs> 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 there we go. There's your, there's your new Twitter handle. If you are not a coward, you will. You will I actually kind of like that. I'm gonna write that down. That would, you know, what new podcast idea? Danielle and asexual tries to wrap her brain around sex stuff. <laughs> I love I love podcasts that are puns. I love it. So this book is all about camp. It's about kids going to camp, sleepaway camp. There's been a lot of horror movies about camp. Have either of you been to camp? No. Yes, I have. Danielle has been to camp. Jojo has not been to camp. I have I also been camps. to camp. Danielle did two camps. No, three. Three camps. Oh, the number keeps what, going up. One of, one of those camps was horse camp. One of them was horse camp. <laughs> I forgot. It was my favorite. And if I could go back, I would. That's when she had that imaginary horse named Midge. Yes, Midge, my my sparkle horse. Yeah. Nah, you don't get a tent to sleep in. You have to sleep on the horse's back the entire time. You got to cut the horse open and climb inside <laughs> because it gets so cold on Hoth. So I went to camp as well, and uh, my camp experience was horrifying, much like all the memories I have. I, like, I mean, if you want to, I feel like it's a t- it's a tale worth telling. I mean, I, I went. It, my parents sent me to freshman camp. We moved to a new city at the beginning of fresh meat. Fresh meat camp is really what it was, is right before freshman year starts for the new frosh is coming in. They send you to camp for, I don't know, three or four days. I don't know how long it was, but it was it felt like forever. And I moved to a new city and I had no friends. I didn't know anybody. So my parents were like, go to freshman camp. You'll make some friends. Little did they know that I was dumb and stupid and I sucked. And so did everyone else. (laughs) So I went to camp and got bullied for like three days uh, I made a lot of enemies before I even got to high school. <laughs> That's great. Freshman yeah. camp allowed me to like make people hate me before the first bell rang on the first day of school. Get, yeah, you got to start early. How how did you achieve that, Jeff? I uh, so what happened was what did, what, what dumb thing <laughs> did you do? Oh, I didn't do the dumb thing. I was just trying to protect myself. I was trying to protect this neck, you know. I uh, I was in a bunk with a bunch of other guys who were kind of meatheads. 
the first night we were there, we had to put on a skit for the rest of the camp. Oh, that's a seal of doom for and sure. Some people sang songs with their cab, their cabin mates. Some people, oh, I don't nice. know, did jokes or something. My cabin mates wanted to reenact some wrestling stuff. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I didn't know anything about wrestling because I wasn't that cool. I was, if we were going to reenact some Ron the One Half scenes, then yeah, I'd be great. But I didn't know any wrestling stuff. So we did the skit. It sucked. We went to, we went to bed that night and they were fucking with like my bags and stuff. They thought that I was asleep. And I don't know if this was the first or second night, but at one point they took suntan lotion and they squirted it all over my stuff. At which point... Boys being boys. boys. You are authorized to murder them at that point. They, they, They messed up all my stuff. I got really upset. I walked out and I went and got our... Uh, our cabin counselor. You tattled. I fucking tattled. Yeah. I mean, who, what are you gonna do at that point? What are you gonna do at that point? So I tattled. You settle they, it with fisticuffs. <laughs> they took the ringleader out of the room, who like was instigating it, and then all the other guys in the cabin were like, "Man, that was so messed up. Oh, what he you did to your stuff." Your I can't. Yark. No, they 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 were on my side because they were oh. like that. They were empathetic. Wow. And they were like, "Oh, that's really sucky." And then when the ringleader came back, they were obviously they were like, "Man, it's so fucked up oh, that they took you out." Little shit. Little turncoats is what little they were. Little fuck faces. Yeah. Wow, Jeff. No yeah. loyalty. So I had I had gotten um. I had gotten some kids that I would later have PE class with in trouble before school even started. That's great. That's fun. Yeah, it was horrible. So this book was very triggering for me because a lot of the things that were scary in it, like people not giving a shit and like roughing it, it reminded me of my my sleepaway camp experience, which was horrible. Okay, so I have a question. I, as we know, I went to horse camp, which was... We all know. Uh, and I also, we were sent to camp in middle school. This is where Danielle's going to tell us that all the horses broke into their camp and messed with her stuff and covered up a suntan. <laughs> Joe, they were mean. They said very mean things. So, okay, yeah. And uh, and also went to camp as, like, middle schoolers. We Our entire class went, which was real awkward. But those were very classic camp experiences. Like, you know, there's a there's a fire and there's woods and there's... There's a murderer that rises from the lake, tries to kill all of you. But then I also went to a camp that was uh, colloquially called Japanese camp. What? <laughs> Wait, I thought that's the camp that JoJo would have gone to or me. I know, right? That's why I'm confused. Did you go to weep camp? No. And no did you go to internment camp? <laughs> like, well, <yeah. laughs> the barracks were empty, Joe. How old are you, Danielle? <laughs> are you Wolverine from the movie Wolverine? <laughs> are you reverse Wolverine? I can't answer those questions. Where you have negative regeneration powers. <laughs> You're just always in pain, unlike Wolverine. <laughs> Doesn't hurt. Not never stops. Nope. Gods did pay every t- every time. So please, I've I've never heard this Japanese camp story, Danielle. You have to give me more information. Okay. So and bearing in mind that I have a memory that is complete shit. Slurpy. This is it is a slurpy of memory, and this is what I could piece together from that sludge of of madness. I my mom is the one who. Sent me there. Everything. Well, <laughs> she was one of the counselors. What? <laughs> Danielle, your mother is not worse. Japanese. I no, know this. she is not. I've met her. She doesn't even give a shit. Well, we did have we did have uh, uh, study abroad students twice though from Japan, so we were totally authorities. Um, <laughs> and my so my mom signed me up. I was there, and it was like uh, probably like twenty. Japanese students and 20 American students and it was in a battle royale finally it was like a uh, cross-cultural only one one race would survive (laughs) cross-cultural uh eugenics movement is what that was did you like cross-pollinate is that what it was like with information about your cultures I'm confused well yeah where did this take place where were you with the cherry blossoms where that's a good question it was in the mountains somewhere huh I don't know it It seems like some sort of government project well it was in a big house uh, Wait, were you on that show that we like the reality show with the Japanese people? Oh God, was I on Terrace House? Were you on Terrace know? House? <laughs> I can't tell if you're lying or if this is a thing that happened. I'm really confused. 
Danielle's life is a big mystery. So, so you went to Japanese camp. I did. And my question was just like, does that count as camp? Is that camp? I don't know. I were your mom was there, so I'd say no. Right? Because it felt like doing being being in a thing with my mom. Yeah. Basically. It also feels like it sounds like some sort of weird social experiment that probably was filmed. It might have been a government lab. Yeah. Jojo, unfortunately, never went to camp, so he doesn't know the joys of going to camp. Never? Nothing? Did you ever want to go to camp? No. Okay. (laughs) All right, then. So I'm going to give us a synopsis of... I forgot the name of the book. Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Welcome to Camp Nightmare. (laughs) Nightmare. (laughs) Yes, Camp Nightmare. And and I'm going to do it... I'm just going to do a straight synopsis. I'm not going to... We're not going to time it, but so if you guys have anything... If you guys have anything you want to jump in with while I'm giving this synopsis, you go ahead. But I got some stuff written All down. Right, okay, I'm following you. All right. So Camp, Welcome to Camp Nightmare stars Billy and his friends Mike, Jay, and Colin. He is going to sleepaway camp. His mom and dad, they give him a tearful farewell. They are scientists. They go on expeditions, which is an important thing to know about mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. And on the bus, he meets Mike, who is the scaredy character, Colin, who's the cool guy, and Jay, who is like the goofy, big, beefy, large, dumb, loud kid. The moose. The moose of the of the group. Uh, they're going away to sleepaway camp. They meet two girls on the bus, Dory and Dawn and some other ladies. They get dropped off by the bus driver, who gives them a little bit of a scare with a mask. For some reason, I don't know why. Oh, weird. Just kind of it's scares funny. the kids, and leaves them much like the bus driver did. This book reminds me a lot of um, werewolf the werewolf skin. book, Werewolf Skin. Yeah, totally. Um, bus driver just drops them off at in the desert. So they are traveling through the desert where there are apparently white trees and red rocks, which is also important to know for later. Pretty hot. And all the kids, twenty-two in all, uh, eighteen boys and four girls get dropped off. All of a sudden, they are attacked or close to being attacked by a bunch of animals from the desert. They're like coyotes. They don't really say exactly what they are, but they are real and they try to get the kids. They are scared away when Uncle Al, who is the uh, guy who runs the camp that they are all going to, uh, rolls up and shoots a gun, which is important enough for later on, and (laughs) picks up the kids, drops the girls off at their camp, so it's not a co-ed camp, and then takes the rest of the boys over to Camp Night Moon. Uh... The camp is pretty tight by camp standards. It's pretty normal. The kids go to the cabin where they're going to stay and find that there are two snakes in a bed, which bites Mike, the scaredy kid. Billy then um, takes the snakes with his uh, one of the other guys in the cabin. I think it's Jay. They throw them outside. They meet Larry, who is the counselor for their cabin, who doesn't seem to give a fuck about anything, doesn't care that there are snakes. Uh, Mike is like, I need to see a nurse. He tries to go find a nurse, finds out there is no nurse at this camp. They all go to meet up at the mess hall. Um, they are told to stay away from the forbidden bunk. There's a creepy looking bunk that no one's supposed to go stay to. Stay away from the forbidden bunk. Don't go to the forbidden bunk, which sounds like a Nickelodeon no. show. Bunk's forbidden. <laughs> Nobody in the bunk. Don't come a knocking. Nobody when the, goes there. Don't come a knocking when the forbidden bunk is knocking. Rocking. <laughs> Talking. Talking. Mocking. Uh, but the kids now are all tempted to go and check out the forbidden bunk. At night, they hear weird noises. And Jeff, then, what did I just say about going to the forbidden bunk? I shouldn't go to it. Yeah, what so are what doing? are you doing they then? They want to go. Hey, hey, where's the synopsis going? Because if it goes to the forbidden yeah, book, I'm going to be very mad. I, I don't, I'm not getting sent home early. Okay? Oh, you, I, you know what? You might be sent home early, Daniel, no. because they do end up going to the forbidden bunk, but not really. This, so. podcast, is, this podcast is over. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. So <laughs> he just walks away. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it's it's kind of normal camp stuff. No one, none of the uh, the, the counselors. What are you talking about? Kind of normal camp okay, stuff. Okay, so it's Snakes and- they, there's there's some wildlife. They go swimming. They play scratch ball, which is a game I never heard of before reading this book. Which is apparently you throw a ball in the air and you try and run the bases before someone catches it. It's base rugby. You uh, uh, duh. Uh, duh. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, so the kids are sent to do various things during the day. Um, while they are playing scratch ball, for some reason, Larry, who is their camp counselor, decides to hulk out. So uh, while they're playing scratch ball, um, Larry, who is a camp counselor, gets into an argument with Colin, the cool kid. And then Larry decides to throw what is effectively, I assume, a baseball at full speed at Colin's fucking head. Colin's knocked out. He takes Colin to Uncle Al to get checked out along with Mike. And then Mike disappears. Mike is no longer at the camp. This is the last they see of him. 
His hand had been swelling up. He felt bad and sick and crappy. And now he's just gone. The kids assume that he just went home. We meet a new kid named Roger. Roger and Jay decide uh, that night that they are going to go to the Forbidden Bunk. I'm sorry. What did I say? I know. They decide to go to the Forbidden Bunk and they ask Billy, our hero, if Billy wants to go. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay with Colin. He got fucking beamed in the head and has brain damage. <laughs> so, so Jay and Roger go. They are attacked. Roger is gone. No one apparently knows that Roger ever existed. They say that he was never a camper there. So the kids are just losing their minds. There was no Roger. There was never a Roger. There was no Roger. So it's Jay, Colin, and, and uh, Billy, and they're upset. And then Dory and Don, two girls from earlier, sneak over from their camp to tell Billy that their camp is horrible and that basically the same things that have been happening over at his camp are happening at theirs. So, like, there's a kid who went missing. They said one kid got attacked by a bear, <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> and uh, basically, they're like, we have to get out of here. This camp is messed up. None of the counselors care. Uncle Al's crazy. It's it's bad. Um, so they're like, okay, well, visitors day is next week when the parents are going to come. So we'll just leave then. They've been writing letters every day to their parents because that's what Uncle Al told them to do. And they expected to get letters back from their parents. Billy goes to make a phone call. There's a payphone that he sees at camp. He's just like, fuck it. I'm going to go take a phone call and tell my parents that I want to get out of here. The phone he finds out is fake. It's phony. It's a phone. E mm -hmm. phone. Yeah. And uh, Uncle Al is very scary. It's just like, there's no phones at camp. And so that plan goes south. Uh, Jay and Colin are sent on a three-mile hike with a different counselor and never return. So now it's just down to Billy. Billy discovers that all the letters that the kids have been writing had never been sent. So he finds a big pile of them into, in one of the rooms uh, and is like, shit, no one even knows what's happening here. And they're not giving us any letters. Jay and Colin don't come back. Two brand new kids named Tommy and Chris just take their spot in his cabin. They are sent on a canoe trip the next morning with Larry, the counselor for their cabin. Larry falls into the rapids. Billy dives in, saves him, and he's a hero, brings him back out. And when they get back to camp, Uncle Owl's more upset that the canoe was lost with Chris and Tommy. <laughs> Not with Chris and Tommy. He's just upset the canoe was lost. It was uh, his as, best canoe. As his best canoe, as opposed to Larry being saved uh, and kids potentially being missing. Yeah, not great. So the next morning, Uncle Al takes the entire camp on a march through the woods. They don't know why. So there's every kid marching behind Uncle Al. Billy wants to escape. They come to a stop in the woods. Uncle Al hands, <laughs> hands all of the kids a gun. A gun. <laughs> So they go out to the woods. He gives every single kid a rifle and says, two girls have been, have gone missing. They're trying to escape from the girls camp. We have to stop them. Now shoot them. Billy's like, <laughs> Billy's like the fuck. Kill them. He's like, we're going to kill them. He's just like, no, 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 no. These are tranquilizer guns. We're just going to, to shoot them and put them to sleep. And Billy's like, just, nah, we're dog. Gonna, we're going to scare them. We're going to scare them. We're going to shoot these two children. They'll be real scared when we shoot them. They'll be real scared when 80 kids shoot them with their guns. Get them. Billy, Billy fights back. He's like, I'm not going to do it. Uncle Dal's like, you shoot those girls. And then Billy pulls his gun up on Uncle Al. And it's like camp is over. <laughs> and then now I now I'm the head counselor. <laughs> now I'm the camp. I'm nightmare. the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now of camp. I'm not trapped in here with you. <laughs> You're trapped out here with me. And then Uncle Al tries to pounce on him. And Billy fucking pulls the trigger. He was going to shoot that motherfucker. He shot him. Right? Billy, was, Billy was going to put a bullet in Uncle Al's chest. And then the gun just pops. Uncle Al laughs. It's like the game where it's all been a setup the whole time because it was a test for Billy to find out if he was ready to go on a science expedition. Is he a bad enough dude to be an anthropologist? Yeah, and it's like, well, he'll kill fucking anyone, so I guess so, yeah. So basically right. the whole thing was tests for Billy to see, one, if he could follow orders, two, if he could be brave and save somebody, and three, if he could not follow orders when it didn't seem appropriate to do so. And he passed all three tests by saving Larry, by not going to the forbidden bunk. By and refusing to kill children. By refusing to kill children and instead killing an adult man. <laughs> instead yeah. of just throwing his gun down. He wouldn't be missed. Yeah, he wouldn't be missed. Uh, so they're like, now you're ready to go on an expedition with your parents to a very dangerous place. Most likely the most dangerous place in the universe. And Billy's like, huh? You're going to Earth! Because they're aliens. Da, da, da. It's all taking place on another planet. So it's, yeah. a, it's a triple, double twist. Triple twist? Triple. Well, I would say the triple twist was they were going to shoot the girls 
it was fake and then they're on a different planet. So that's fair. Yeah. So that is the that is Camp Nightmare. The entire thing was a setup for Billy to find out if he is all for you, Billy. It's all for you, Billy. He's a bad enough dude to go to Earth, to go to Earth and uh, to be welcome to Earth. Yeah, he is. (laughs) It's all the trappings of a scary camp story, but it's a lot of red herrings like the forbidden bunk and monsters and all of it's just really a test of character, which is what camp is. So it's one of those books that you almost you read once you get the ending you're like shit I gotta I gotta, I gotta watch this I gotta read this book again with all this new information I have God damn it he was dead the whole time Yeah I gotta watch I gotta watch a Sixth Sense again and catch all the little things <laughs> Get all those get all those juicy nuggets you missed that Yeah like oh he did they didn't oh, even they, acknowledge oh, that him was there. a hint oh, I, th- oh. I thought he just had a bad oh. relationship with oh. his wife but in fact he was a ghost <laughs> <laughs> So, so we, I guess we could go into some 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 distinguished parts of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some parts I want to talk about. Distinguished parts. parts. I, before we get into like talking about some particular things in the plot, I just want to say I fucking love Billy. Yes, because he's the he, first protagonist why? I actually. He's the most. He like. acts the most normal. He acts. He acts the most logical of any Goosebumps character, and he annoyed me the least. Yes, he's. He, the least like was he good was he good at anything he was good at everything yeah that's but like not in a way that was annoying yeah but not like, in a showy way just in like a competent way he was he was very like oh like this is wrong this feels bad yeah. or like oh there's snakes in here let's try and get him out or oh my camp counselor fell into the river i gotta try and save him i guess i mean he was a hero at a, at a number of points which is why he's being selected to go to earth i found him to be a little boring I mean, oh. he's boring in the fact that he's not making weird decisions every five yeah, seconds. Yeah, I, w- I would. I mean, that could be boring if yeah. you want them to, if you want him to like jump off the roof onto your tent and see if you can impale yourself. Yeah, if you want that, JoJo, then yeah, I guess he is boring because he never did that. He didn't try to impale Th- himself. So thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. I, I just like that he he would make the decisions that I would make in that situation, which were I got to get the fuck out of here. Which is like this is bullshit. This sucks. I hate this. Where's what mom and dad? The hell. All right. So who's who's got something specific they'd like to cite? I wanted to talk about the initial landscape mm-hmm. that we get because it's fantastic. As Jeff and I were reading it, we were trying to imagine this landscape in our head, and it was just so. Un- it, was a, it was an oasis forest in a desert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> within it, five minutes of one yes, another. It was like a little, a little biodome with four different, like, fucking pockets of landscape. It's like we were playing World of Warcraft and we just crossed over into the desert zone yes. by by running down the road a bit, and then we crossed over was, into yes. the snow zone. It was like the realm of Athos, where they <laughs> set. Dungeons and Dragons adventures (laughs) in the Dark Sun campaign. Athos. It reminded me of that episode of Rick and Morty where they're on the super tiny planet and he's just walking uh, over the the entire globe. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that one. It's a good one. And the the environment changes drastically. Daniel, do you have any specifics uh, to cite? Like, I know they they describe, I have some things down too, but they describe the the environment. And even at that time, not knowing the twist that waited us, we were like, this seems weird. This seems weird. So this is on the first page, first chapter, second sentence. <laughs> oh, interesting. How, so- how many letters in oh. are we? One, two, three. <laughs> Quite a few letters deep. Call it 70. And the passage says, I could see sloping red hills in the distance beneath a bright yellow sky. And stumpy white trees lined the road like fence posts. And then I was trying to orient myself. I was like, I don't, I don't know where do we have, where do we have red hills with like white, white trees. trees, like birch trees? What are we talking about? What the hell? And uh, then Mars, duh. Yeah. <laughs> well, now well we yeah. Know. I mean, yeah. Now, <laughs> oh sure. But I did want to talk about these creatures that swarm them when they okay. are dumped. What, what, what page are we on? So this is chapter three, a couple paragraphs down from the start. And this is when they are all gathered together on this helipad. The bus driver has dumped their asses and 
fuck up, fucked off. Yeah, then, it's it's Miller time for the bus driver. Yeah, and so they're just there with their luggage, mm-hmm. and they start hearing weird like animal cries, and they those cries. <laughs> <laughs> And the cries keep getting louder and closer and shriller. So I'm just like, they get real excited. So this is what how they're described. I saw them. Small, dark creatures keeping low, rolling rapidly along the flat ground. Forgot that. Tossing their heads back and uttering excited shrieks as they came toward us. Well, first of all, I just want to clarify, that's a fucking Wheeler from Return to Oz, and no one can fucking tell me any different. I forgot it said rolling. Yes, rolling. rolling. And I was just like, I guess I, RL has I a loose they, grip of... I thought they were the, the critters from, you know, Oh. Critters. I don't... I never... Weren't the critters aliens? Yes, they were aliens. Oh, it might have been critters. Basically, they're little, little mouths with tons of teeth, but they, like, roll along the ground. Okay, and then on the, like, next page... They were wolves or wildcats of some sort. Standing upright, they were nearly three feet tall. They had slender, almost scrawny bodies covered with spotty red-brown fur. Their paws had long, silvery claws growing out of them. Their heads were nearly as slender as their bodies. Tiny red weasel eyes stared hungrily at us. Their mouths snapped open and shut, revealing double rows of silvery, dagger-like teeth. They're gnolls. <laughs> <laughs> no take candle. <laughs> no take candle. <laughs> but I want us all to take a moment, because they sound like they're vaguely hyena-like, well, right, in terms of their anatomy. They yeah, are, they're, they're the fangs of Yinagu. So imagine... <laughs> they are here to, to kill humans. And imagine a pack of hyenas coming in on you, and then they all stand up and start <laughs> like walking men. toward you. They stand like men. <laughs> <laughs> the Urukai are here. Oh, no, the Urukai have been there all along. But no, but the thing that's that's more disturbing is that, yeah, they, like, they have apparently silver teeth and claws and shit, but also, again, they rolled up, like... Yeah. Are they, they have rolled arm- up. Are they armadillos first? Do <laughs> did they drive a car? It didn't say that they physically rolled themselves. Now I know this is a, I know well listen, before we go on, I just have to read the description of gnolls. <laughs> okay, do it. it. They are a feral hyena headed humanoid that attacks without warning. <laughs> They're feral humanoids and attack settlements along frontiers and borderlands of civilization. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They trace back their origin to the demon lord Yinogu. <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah, makes sense. They always strike at random, and they emerge from the wilderness to plunder and slaughter, then move elsewhere. They choose easy targets, like kids. Ah. Damn. Makes sense. Rough. They also have no goodness or compassion in their heart. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. I'm going to play an empathetic knoll one day. Fuck that book. I know, right? I'm gonna... That's a, my band name, Empathetic Knoll. Oh, that's a good band name. We should tweet that. Okay. Here's how this is the actual passage from the book Return to Oz. It's brief, so just hang in there. Dorothy turned around and saw coming out of the path that led from between the trees the most peculiar person her eyes had ever beheld. It had the form of a man, except that it walked, or rather rolled, upon all fours and its legs were the same length as its arms giving it the appearance of a four-legged beast yet it was no beast that dorothy had discovered for the person was clothed most most gorgeously in embroidered garments of many colors and that's where it starts to diverge a little bit but but these are totes wheelers that they rolled up they're like hyena wheelers hy- hyawieners Wheelers. They, they crossbred. Science has gone too far. Yes, yeah, science went bonkers. It took the gnolls. It, it, it took yes. the wheelers. And it took the hyenas. Yeah. And it put them in a room and it smushed them. It smushed them together into these creatures, which when attacking, Mike screams, no, no, help. <laughs> no, 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 help! And dropped to his knees, his entire body convulsed in a shudder of terror. But the kids are actually attacked by a pack of some sort of rolling weasel knoll creature. And they ask if they're prairie wolves. Yeah. So. And they looked hungry. 
And they stood upright. And they stood like men. And I did not like that. <laughs> the, the beast Horrifying. should be on all fours as God intended. <laughs> get down, motherfucker. Get, get go on back your on your feet. The beasts of the loam. <laughs> that was a good, that was a good, that was a good section. That was a very, yeah, the knolls. <laughs> that was a good way to start the book also. Yeah. Because you're like, la la la, bus right. And then it's just like, like the, the fuck, fuck is fuck? happening now? This is a bad, this, oh, we're not in Kansas anymore. Seriously. Because this definitely seems to be some return to Oz shit. Yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. So is there anything else kind of along, following up on that piece that we have? The introduction of Mike is not particularly flattering. So Mike is introduced as... He was kind of chubby Mm -hmm. with a round face and pudgy arms and legs. Nice, RL. He had short, spiky black hair, which he scratched a lot. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. So that's Mike, who is obviously our piggy in this scenario, i.e. the first sacrifice if things go awry. Mm -hmm. Then we have Colin, who is sort of like the bad boy. He has a bandana. Yeah, he's got a bandana. He had long brown hair down to his collar, if you can believe. And he wore silver sunglasses so that you couldn't see his eyes. He acted kind of tough, and he wore a red bandana on his forehead. <laughs> In, on, he's, a, he's a fucking badass. On fucking Earth, that kid would get beat up, but thank God he's on Mars. No, that no Jeff, you don't understand. On Earth, that kid would be the one to first talk about touching boobies. <laughs> That's the kid who was like, I'm going to smoke as soon as I'm old enough to buy cigarettes or get an adult to do it for me. I'm going to steal cigarettes. I'm gonna Listen, smoke them. I got an older brother who sneaks me beer sometimes. Yeah. Have you because guys heard of O'Doul's? It's pretty good. I got real drunk on it the other day. I got fucking I got wrecked on some O'Doul's. My mom lets me go outside with a helmet, but I take it off. Because I'm <laughs> a badass. I hung out at a Barnes & Noble magazine section that they thought I was looking at video game magazines, but I was, I was looking, looking at both. I was looking at the ladies that are naked. Naked. Naked art. You can't just buy, like, you couldn't just buy those at the bookstore. No, you'd have to go to, like, a, a your local liquor store. Did you hear how wistful I said that? Yeah. I did. No, <laughs> like, I was like, are you talking about porn right now? Do you remember when you could just walk into a store and buy a fucking Playboy? Pepper's Farms, remember? <laughs> 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 Let's move on to, to some new stuff. Does, so, Joe, do you have anything for the middle part or anything coming up that you'd like uh, to share? Let me, well, What's well, in your I, notes? Because I have notes. I know Danielle has copious notes. I do. I just... Do you just I, wing it? Do you not... Are you not... Are you just winging it, buddy? I'm not just... I'm not just <laughs> winging it. I'm winging it and eating. I'm, he's reading the book as we're doing the podcast. Hold on. I want to just like... <laughs> I got so confused by how many people were in this book. Okay. There's a lot of names. They drop new characters like as the book progresses pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, and the one of the things I, I like, I'm looking at the part where Roger got attacked, which is pretty far in the paint, which I thought was super. That's that's like page 75. That's pretty far. There's stuff before that, like the snakes, the baseball game. So set us up. Set us up what's happening. This is on uh, page it's chapter 12. Um, page 74 and 75. This is after Roger has been attacked by the forbidden bunk. And they, <laughs> the building. Oh, yeah, got eaten him. by the building. Yeah. 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 And they, uh, they, they go, <laughs> they go to Larry. Yeah. What great name, by the way. I know everyone, everyone here has like 1950s names like they should all be working at a mechanic well because the radio waves from earth our tv just got there it's true it's slow slow traveling and they go they go um uh some kids called the colony but we ignored them and we searched for roger and moving two tables no sign of him um larry glanced up from a big plate of scrambled eggs and bacon as the three of us advanced on him what happened to roger is he okay where were you last night Okay, Roger and I were attacked. We were afraid to go find you. All three of us bombarded Larry at once. His face was filled with confusion. And he's like, what are you talking about? And Jay says, I don't remember who Jay was, but about Roger, the creature. It jumped out on him and, and 
Larry glanced at the other counselors. There's creature, what creature? And then Jay screamed, it attacked Roger. And then Larry stared up at Jay like, someone was attacked. I don't think so, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, there's so much gaslighting. Hold on. And then it's like, and then... And then, and then they kind of like convince themselves they that Roger wasn't attacked through through this. They go, "We didn't get any report about an attack. <laughs> if if a if a camper had been attacked by a bear, we'd hear about it." Here's the part that I love. We'd hear about it. The next line, and we'd hear noise. So here's the thing that he just said. When he said we'd hear about it, he was speaking metaphorically, metaphorically. at first. He is like, it would have been on Twitter. Like the bear. <laughs> if Roger had been eaten by a bear, just for the sake of argument, the bear would have, this morning when we were taking a shower, the bear would have been like, hey, hey, Larry, hey, Derek, how's it going, guys? Listen, I ate this kid. Maybe you know him. I fell off the wagon last <laughs> night, guys. I'm really sorry. And I ate a kid, and we'd be like, oh, shit. It would be really great if instead of instead of looking at Derek, um, Larry was like, oh, let me ask him. Hey, Barrick, did you <laughs> you're a bear? Did any kids get eaten? And then Barrick's like, oh, no. Barrick would be like, that's racist. <laughs> that you think all bears eat kids. I didn't eat the kids. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. Nice. Good job, Jojo. Hey. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Dun dun dun. <laughs> That's when the more you know, the you know what I'm talking. The thing. Yeah, public service announcement. Yeah, right? that was that was a public service joke announcement. I have I have a thing I'd like to bring up. Yes. Um, so it's also middle of the book. It's a little bit before what you just described with Barrick. Uh, but not too much early before you before maybe, before Barrick and Cloud went to go blow up the Genova. Before Barrick popped up into our lives, the lovable Barrick. Uh, there we we mentioned it earlier that there was a, there was a scene where the kids are playing scratch ball. So this is before the camp really gets off the rails. This is the second thing that occurs uh, while Billy is at camp that kind of makes him think that things aren't right. First thing, obviously, being snakes in the bed. Mike's still hurt. The kids have been told that they have to go do sports recreation at camp, yes. and they are going to play scratch ball, which I mentioned earlier. So this is chapter in chapter. Oh, what chapter is this? Chapter eight. Um, the kids are playing scratch ball, mm-hmm. which again has a. I'm assuming a baseball. Throw it in the air, run the bases. You get tagged with it, or someone catches it, you're out. Larry's playing because Mike can't play. Mike's Mike's nursing a snake bite, <laughs> and his hand is ballooned up. <laughs> That's got up. infected. It's got yes. infected, and it's working its way through his bloodstream. It's turning black. He's gangrene is setting He's in. getting gangrene. He's turning into some sort of snake himself. <laughs> and Larry's like, Mike, you can't play scratch ball, apparently, because you're a big wiener. You're Mike, a snake now. So Mike, you, snakes can't play baseball. Yeah. You are not Air Bud. <laughs> so go sit down. And Larry jumps in the game. And the game gets heated at various points. And Larry gets into an argument uh, with Colin, the cool kid. Cool Colin. Cool Colin of the bandana. Red bandana, cool Colin. Uh, Larry's playing the outfield. This is page 51 for me. Colin's team came to bat. Colin stepped up to the batter's uh, square and prepared to toss the ball. He and Larry had got into a heated argument, but Billy liked to say that it just happens in baseball. Sometimes you get yell, you yell at people, you kick let some dirt. Fight it, let them fight it out. Yeah, let them yeah. fight it out. It's like Work hockey. It out. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, just, it's a guy thing. We like to do that. It's fine. Well, that's sexist. <laughs> Everyone likes everyone likes to fight. It's basically the tone that that, that it kind of gives. It's just and like it's bo- boys being boys. Boys being boys. It's very much boys being boys. It's, this whole book is guys just being guys. Yep. Uh, Larry was playing the outfield, and I was standing nearby, also in the field. Colin tossed the ball high, but not very far. Larry and I both came running in to get it. Larry got there first. He picked up the small hard ball, so they make sure to let you know it's small hard. Small and hard. On the first bounce, drew back his arm, and then I saw his expression change. I saw his features tighten in anger. I saw his eyes narrow, his copper-colored eyebrows lower in concentration. With a loud grunt of effort, Larry heaved the ball as hard as he could. It struck Colin in the back of the head, making a loud crack sound as it hit. Colin's silver sunglasses went flying in the air. I'm assuming so did his bandana. Probably. Colin stopped short, uttered a short cry, and then his knees buckled. He collapsed in a heap face down on the grass. He didn't move. 
what part of the plan to get Billy ready for an expedition does killing a man, does, does, killing does, a child, does involve giving a kid brain damage? Well, well, Jeff, let's let's talk about it. Well, yeah. They're going to Earth. <laughs> baseball, fuck. Baseball's That's big on right. Earth. Hey, baseball's pretty pretty big on Earth. Many balls will be thrown at you. Yes, on it's Earth. one of our number one pastimes. pastimes. Yes. Everyone on Earth likes to play ball. Yes. And all alien species, that's what they know about. That's what they know about Earth is that baseball happens. Baseball so, and apple pie. Yes. Yeah, there was no apple pie, though. So if he gets hit in the head with a ball, mm-hmm. then that's going to be sci- that's science. That's how you toughen <laughs> up their skulls. This is basically just like they're giving him an this, exhibition on the dangers that he might face. He may as well be in a museum right now. <laughs> on Earth, they play a game where they throw a... This, so this is the thing, Jeff. On Earth... This is they see baseball and they're like, well, why would they be throwing the ball around? Oh, I get it. It has to hit the person. (laughs) (laughs) That was my next question. Like, doesn't it not have, it just has to be when you catch it. You don't have to hit the person with it. But they're dumb aliens. They don't know shit about shit. shit That's why they gotta go to Earth. God, they're never gonna go to majors. They don't know. They don't don't know. They think it's called scratch ball. Those idiots. They don't even have bats. I don't know if we could send them anywhere. We should probably just shoot them into space. Are they hu- are, are, are we established? Are these things in this book? Do they look like humans? I, they, I'm they assuming they have sound to. Like they're well, they have arms and legs. Yeah, they sound humanoid. Everything so they do describe. ants and and faces. <laughs> so do ants. He rode a bus like a person. He he ate French toast like a person. He, he ate pizza like a person. He ate pizza like a person. He canoed like a person. I mean, he's doing a lot of person activities. They're very very personage. But the point is, how did they fake this? Or did they really just <laughs> bean this kid in the head? It was mirrors, Daniel. Oh, smoke mirrors. and mirrors. Yes. He did the old ball so trick. So here's what happened. He picked up the... He picked up... Yes, yeah, the old exploding ball trick. The oldest <laughs> oh, trick in the book. Shit. I also thought it was interesting. This is the second time in a book we've read that some kid has been nailed in the head with a baseball. Yes. Like, RL does not really understand head injuries, I don't well, think. Yeah, because the other one was uh, in Say Cheese Cheese and Die, Die. where uh, one of the friends got fucking slammed. And I don't know if he knows how hard a baseball is. Yeah. A baseball hitting you in the head without a helmet. It could kill you. It could kill you. So, yeah, that that scene just stood out to me as, one, um, a really shockingly violent scene for some reason. Yes. Um, Two... Colin's never quite the same for the rest of camp. He's kind of out of it. Well, yes. Yeah, because he has a concussion. And, <laughs> and there's no it, medical so. treatment, so they just <laughs> let him wander there's around. There's no doctor or nurse. He just has a head injury. <laughs> there's no nurse. He got beamed in the head with a baseball going like 40 miles an hour. He sees double for a few days. Yep. He, he Well, he waves it off as a joke later because he's like, oh, there's a lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep and then and then blood starts pouring out of his ears. He's <laughs> just like, "Oh, Colin!" Ah, oh, beans, and then he just falls to the ground. <laughs> Colin, you were supposed to duck, you idiot. All right, so that's what I got. That's that's a scene that I wanted to bring to our attention. Okay, I wanted to um, talk about food a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a weird kind of attention to the the food. Mm-hmm. that they eat at camp and I would I would totally bring up an example except my iPad froze but I don't know if it seemed weird to either of you that he kind of would often detail like the food that they were eating like it was gross gray meat or it was you know nice nice pudding or it was a scrambled egg square. And I'm curious if you, what you guys think the, the function of that was, if anything. Of the food? Of the food. Why he described food? Yeah. I think it shows, the food is described progressively less favorably. Yes. As the book progresses. This is true. So I think that, in my opinion, the, the book is, the, the food is very normal at first. It's like, Scrambled and it's like bacon and pancakes, and then it gets to like gray meat, and then it gets to like I didn't even eat this. Like but then I th- it goes to French toast. Yeah, well they have France on this planet. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. But like it is, I, I think that the food element is to kind of show like as he comes as as the camp seems less of a welcoming place, the food seems less of a welcoming experience. 
Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. Because food is sort of a, a, of a care. It's a, how you provide a certain care. What's a camp, camp food in your mind? Jojo, what, what, what do you think of food and you camp? You think of pizza. Do you think of pizza? Yeah. No. <laughs> Yo, Jojo what? hasn't been to camp, so he doesn't know shit about camp. What? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Is a, are you suggesting that a camp has a different type of food facility than a school lunchroom? Yeah. Yeah. It's further Prove away. Prove it. <laughs> it's, in, it's got no, trees. No, 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 no. Let's hear it. Prove it. What okay. makes you think that a camp for kids would have a different food setup than a school lunchroom? I, it's less about the setup to me and more about the feel, the, the mouthfeel of camp food compared to lat lunch room. What in God's name are you talking about? Pizza to me, pizza is not a camp food to me. So when it, okay, what did you eat at camp? My words and my dignity. And no, 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 no. Don't you back out of this. <laughs> what did you eat when you were at camp? Let me think. I believe we Was ate. Was it pizza? No, we did not eat pizza because if we had eaten pizza. Because if you had eaten pizza, it would have deflated everything you're saying. So let's see what you got. I didn't eat pizza. I am 99% sure that we ate macaroni and cheese, like big trays of it that they make. Out Danielle, the permission to treat the community college dropout as hostile. I, I think that when you bring macaroni and cheese into it, you're becoming a little bit uh, contrarian. Um, and I'm sorry, macaroni and cheese and those big cowboy macaroni and cheese with some bacon in it. That's what we wanted to eat. Yeah, you're you're being really, really difficult right Look, now. And also, secondly, I didn't drop out. I just went there for 12 years. Okay, but Joe, I think I think we can't talk to him anymore. I think we've lost I think, him. Yeah, I think so. Okay, think well, so. what would you... You go to camp, then, what do you expect then, to eat? Sm wait, I just want s'mores. Wait, hold on. <laughs> And then Joe and Danielle turned around as Jeff kept talking <laughs> and walked into the desert of the real. <laughs> yes. All right. That was good. That, I'm glad. Thank you for bringing up the food, Danielle. Sure. It was a thing. Thank you. It was a thing that happened. It was a thing well, in the book. That, it that, was an odd detail, too. I think it also helped us track the passage of time, even though it was still fucked up in the book. That's true, too, because it was very difficult to sort of pace. Yeah, I, I have a hard time knowing how long, how much time it passed in because this book. It sounds like two days passed, but then later in the book, they say like... A week has gone by. A week? It's been a while. And then parents are coming the next week, so they're just like, geez, like, cut the cord. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not coming, Jeff. That's right. right. No visitor's visitor day, day was canceled. Visitor's Day was canceled. Let's let's move on to the grand finale of this book. Okay, so who who wants to talk about the... Who wants to bring up the, the, the big finish? This is page 128. So all the kids have been in chapter 20. Um, all the kids have been marched out uh, after like, I don't know, a lunch or some shit. Who no, they went, they, it was, it was morning time. It was very like, early. Yeah. Very early. Uh, they've been marched out. Um, and, th and this is like, this is right at the end. So this is like, th like we're under 10 pages of book left. At this point, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's pay, it's one twenty seven on mine, and the book ends at one thirty something. Yeah, so this is this is literally the end of the book. Um, to my hor um, so uh, line up and get one. Uncle Al instructed us, <laughs> tapping the handle of his own rifle against the ground. One rifle per boy. Come on, hurry up. And then he goes, what's wrong with you, boys? I said, hurry. And he grabbed up an armload of rifles. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> it just went down. So he distributes guns because we're going to go to war against <laughs> At this, okay, pause. At this point, what did you think was about to happen? Uh, <laughs> they thought there was going to be, well, I mean, honestly, they're at camp. I thought there was going to be a hunt of some kind. I thought they were going to go snipe hunting. I, I, I thought that Uncle Al was turning out to be some like war vet who was training these kids <laughs> to like, to basically hide the in the woods. The enemy is over there. Yeah. Like we're in some sort of like war zone. And this whole time he's been like conditioning them to get ready to fight. A few minutes later, we were all lined up in the shadow of the trees holding a rifle and Uncle Al stood near the middle and motioned. What's going on? And then Uncle Al's like, no more jokes. This is serious. <laughs> You're all holding guns now. Chill yeah, out. Two, shut the fuck up. Two girls escaped from the girls' camp, which is, verbs are important here. Yeah. Yes. Two girls escaped from the girls' camp last night. A blonde and a redhead. Ugh. Ugh. Don, Don and Dory, I thought. I believe that these are the same two girls who snucked over, 
sneaked over to the boys camp, camp and hid near the the waterfront a few days ago. Oh, they know. Oh, they that. knew. The two the two girls are in the woods. Your guns are loaded. <laughs> Aim carefully when you see them. They won't get away from us. So now so now this became the, the film Green Room. <laughs> um, that film then, is so hard to watch. And then uh, and then he's like, "But we can't kill these people," I insisted. Um, because he's because you know this is chapter twenty one, and Billy's like, I don't want to shoot pe- somebody, <laughs> least of all my love interest. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. That's the hard part. So he goes, uh, I didn't say anything about killing this Uncle Al, did I? These guns are loaded with tranquilizer darts, <laughs> the exact dosage needed to knock out a teenage girl, probably <laughs> a twelve year old. Wait a fucking minute. <laughs> this is not how darts work, anyway. Uncle Al. Took also, a few if steps. all if all twenty of the boys shoot them at the same time, they're going to die from dart overdose. Yep. We want to stop these girls, not hurt them. And then Uncle Al took two steps toward me. You got a problem with that, Billy? So here's my favorite part about that line. Yes. So he's like, so Uncle Al says, we don't want to kill them. And then he looks to Billy and goes, is that a problem that we don't want to kill them? Would you prefer they die? Does your bloodthirst have a problem with that, Billy boy? Has your battle horniness overtaken (laughs) your logic center, you coward? Are you a bad enough dude to to kill two girls in the woods? Are you a bad enough dude to mercilessly (laughs) slaughter two unarmed children? (laughs) Do it, you coward. And then then, uh, Billy's like, no, you're not. Camp is over. You're not doing anything. <laughs> that's his epic line. That's yeah. his yes, game that's is over. His... When he said and that, then, I was like, fuck oh, yeah, fuck. Billy. He is taking a stand. Uncle Al uh, completely misreads the situation, <laughs> charges Billy, who fires the gun, which does nothing. Yeah. Billy was uh, going to kill this man. He was going to shoot um, um, Uncle no, Al. No, he was going to put him to sleep. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Tranquilizer darts. Yeah. That's right. They 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 took a lot of the they took a lot of the tension out of the scene when they said they were tranquilizer darts. Unfortunately, I would have okay. I would I need to know if there's an episode of the show of this uh, book because I just want to see. There is. I just want to see the scene of twenty kids with yes. guns in the woods and Me one big guy with a mustache yes. in the middle of them. And then one kid tries to shoot the guy. Yeah, I just want to see that dramatic scene unfold. Me too. And then uh, and then what it's, happens is. Um, this is the final chapter, chapter 22. Uh, the rifle emitted a loud pop, and Al tossed back his head and laughed, and he goes, congratulations, Billy, <laughs> you passed. You got Willy wonka you stupid I, fuck. You passed. You inherit my chocolate factory. And then, uh, and then uh, this is on page 135, Uncle Al's like, you passed. When, um, we wanted to see if you could obey orders. You passed when you refused to go to the forbidden bunk. Second, we wanted to test your bravery. You demonstrated that by rescuing Larry, I guess. <laughs> and then third, we had to see if you knew when not to follow orders. <laughs> which, this is, hold this on. Part that made seems, me mad. That's, that makes no sense. Yes. Yes. I um, was very... Uh, mm. We don't and know. Then, what if then, the girls did something heinous and they have to be brought down? Yep. And then it goes, uh, and everyone was in on it. All the campers, the counselors, everyone. Uncle Al nodded. They all work here at the testing lab. So let me let me just point out to this this little this little tidbit of information. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't do a double blind job interview. That's not a thing. Okay, um, and so uh, we're going to the most dangerous place in the universe. And then I go, where? That's when that's Billy. He goes, where? Asked my par- I asked my parents, where are we going? And then Dad said, it's a very strange planet called. Earth. Earth. And I was like, what? Oh my God. Boom. This is this is trash sci-fi. It's <laughs> it was great. I liked it's, it. It's, it's, I, it's, I did not anticipate. It's very far from here, I guess, but it could be exciting. The inhabitants there are weird and unpredictable. <laughs> no one has ever studied them, which is patently untrue. We've studied ourselves, okay? Yeah, we have There's so many f- things that are straight up there, from that fucking there are planet thousands here. Of, there are thousands of people who are millions of dollars in student loan debt with degrees specifically about <laughs> Yes, <that. laughs> we do nothing but navel gaze. It's a Earth. very strange. We've made a job out of it. It's yes. a very strange planet called Earth. And then laughing, I'm like, Earth. It sounds pretty weird, but I could never be as dangerous or exciting as Camp Nightmoon. And then Mom grimly says, "We'll see." It's it's a little bit of Planet of the Apes. It's a little bit M Night Shyamalan. Oh, with how funny it was! It was more like Planet of the Japes. 
Wow. Hey, wow. Is that a, anything? No. I mean. No? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, you miss all the shots you don't take. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You miss, all the, you miss all the jokes you don't jape. Anything? Anything? Anything there? No. Okay. I'll keep. Hey, I'll keep at it. You don't. You can stop. Don't be Danielle. You can stop when it's fine. It's fine. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> so that was that was. I like. I think this book honestly ranks up there with mon, with uh, Werewolf Skin for me. So I'm. It's yeah. It's one of the better ones. Yeah. For me. Jojo hates it because you know. I said okay. I said it was okay. <laughs> you need to stop applying video game rating logic to this. Where if it's not a ten, it's trash. <laughs> it's fine. We we wrapped up the book. We're we're good with it. It's unfortunate that we didn't get uh, a visit from our good friend RL. Yeah, unfortunate's the word I would use. Yeah, I mean, usually we we've, we've yet to have an episode ever where RL Stein does not does not at least grace us with a, his presence for just a moment. So I like us all to just take a moment of silence and think about what RL would be saying to us right now about this book if he were here. All right, you group of curmudgeons, listen. This is what I was doing with this book. And yes, I pitched my voice lower because I am sophisticated. I am romper room Lassie Stein. I was investigating the theme, as I typically do in Goosebumps, of maturing from childhood to middlehood, whatever, whatever you Americans call it. And I believe that Camp Night Moon and camp in general is a useful vehicle for exploring that. And so in the book, immediately they are dropped off and abandoned by adults and left for their own. Now, they get into trouble, but they are saved by an adult. But then that adult takes them to the camp where everyone ignores them and doesn't care if they die or live. And this is to simulate the indifference of adults to children's problems and, and, and what they, children's concerns right at that tender age where they're not adult enough for the adults to think that their problems are real but they are not children either, so they don't have this sympathy anymore. They're in this weird interregnum that is awful, full of very grubby people who occasionally give you guns. <laughs> However, <laughs> uh, so after you know the 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 character realizes that the adults around him are both unreliant and unobservant, and he takes charge, that is when he becomes a man. <laughs> uh, thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. Um, it's a wonderful song by a wonderful band. You can check them out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Come. The next episode of our show is going to be coming out on allegedly uh, 420 Blaze It. Blaze It. And then the next full episode of our show is going to come out on uh, April the 27th. And I believe we're going to be reading The Ghost Next Door. Oh, is that the next? Which is Goosebumps is 10. The Goosebumps is just one piece of a ton of comedy content from the Von Hat. Comedy content from the Mom Hat Comedy crew. Uh, you can check out our uh, YouTube Let's Play show, um, JoJo Has Fun, J O E J O E H A S F U N, where we play games wrong. You can also check out uh, our uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast called The Rolls We Made, available anywhere podcasts can be found. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at uh, Google, at, uh, the geesebumpspod at gmail.com. Google is not the term for that. It's email. You can also send us a message on Twitter at uh, geesebumps underscore pod. Um, I believe that's the same for Instagram. Correct. Geesebumps underscore pod as well. And also, uh, if you have a camp horror story or a scary story that you heard at camp, please write it up or say it into your phone and email it to us 
because I'm gonna I'm I'll I'll use it in our when our in our money show. I'm gonna we're gonna camp it out. All right. So Daniel, do you want to read us that last portion of the book? Okay. This is after Uncle Al has revealed that this is all done in a testing lab and that Billy passed. So Billy's like, everyone was there. They were all actors because damn, they were good. And this is where we pick up. Uncle Al nodded. They all work here at the testing lab. His expression turned serious. You see, Billy, your parents want to take you to a very dangerous place. Perhaps the most dangerous place in the known universe. So we had to make sure you can handle it. The most dangerous place in the universe? Where? I asked my parents. Where are you taking me? It's a very strange planet called Earth. Dad replied, glancing at Mom. It's very far from here, but it could be exciting. The inhabitants there are weird and unpredictable, and no one has ever studied them. Laughing, I stepped between my mom and dad and put my arms around them. Earth? Sounds pretty weird, but it could never be as dangerous or as exciting as Camp Night Moon, I exclaimed. We'll see, Mom replied quietly. We'll fucking see. But she didn't curse, she, though. She did. No, she, she did in her head. In her heart, she, she, said, she said fucking. Well, anyway, my name is JoJo, and I have a PhD. My name is Danielle, I have a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I hate camp. Good. Thanks. You should. This has been Geekspub's edition of Geekspub's podcast, and until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to know.